the first slide, please, John. Just put up a, a slide of a, a very famous painting. It's called The Transfiguration by Raphael. And it was commissioned way back in 1517. And the artist tries to capture the passage of scripture that Simon has just read to us. It's a passage of scripture that probably is one of my favorites for all kinds of reasons. And yet it's also a very challenging passage of scripture. But for me, this passage of scripture, it kind of has it all. It captures life, your life and mine. And I'm just going to recap uh, for those who may not be familiar with the, uh, the event uh, that we've heard about in Mark's Gospel. As I've mentioned, it's referred to as the Transfiguration. Could you have the next slide, John, please? And the Transfiguration happened, we think, on that mountaintop. And it took place with Jesus and Peter and James and John, and they went up to the top of that mountain. And Jesus often went up to mountaintops to have quiet, to pray, to reflect. And this time he took Peter, James, and John with them. And we're told that an amazing thing happened. Jesus became transfigured before them. His garments became glistening white. And as you think back to that uh, painting by Raphael, how the artist tried to portray how Jesus might have looked. And then we're told that Moses and Elijah, great Old Testament figures, appeared with him, and Jesus spoke with him, with them. Peter, as usual, you know, rushes in, doesn't quite know what to make of things, quite fearful. This kind of thing hadn't happened to him before. And he wanted to make three shelters. He wanted somehow to stay in the moment on that mountaintop, to prolong that experience. And if the transfiguration, the appearance of Moses and Elijah wasn't enough, we're then told a cloud engulfed them and out of which the voice of God could be heard saying, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And that must have just been the icing on the cake, don't you think? Just imagine on that mountain top the amazing sights. Jesus with Moses and Elijah, long since died, but were there talking with him. And then the voice of God. And really, probably doesn't get much better than that in many ways. And then suddenly, the moment passes, it's gone. And it was just Jesus there with the disciples. And they were coming down the mountain, trying to make sense of what had happened and confused about what was to come as Jesus started to talk to them about the resurrection. I wonder how can the, this event 2,000 years ago, the transfiguration, capture your life and mine today? and give us a glimpse of our future. And that's what we're going to explore together over the next few minutes. 
Could I have slide three, please, John? Let me introduce you to a man called Jake Mayer. You may have heard of him, you might not. I had the uh, privilege of meeting Jake way back in the autumn term. And he came to give a talk to my year five, six children at school. And then he did a number of workshops out with them. And this was our way of uh, giving the children a creative start. Their topic was rivers and mountains. And Jake Mayer probably is the most charismatic person I have ever met in my life. He was amazing. If we could have slide four. And this is uh, Jake uh, in his climbing gear. And if we have slide five, and slide five tells you a little bit about Jake. He started climbing at the early age of 12. And at 14, he set himself the challenge of attempting to climb the seven summits, the highest mountain on every continent. And on the 4th of June, 2005, the tender age of 21, he stood on the summit of Everest, the seventh continental high point. And at that time, he was the youngest Briton to climb Everest, and certainly the youngest man in the world to climb the seven summits. Not all of us have to climb mountains to have a mountaintop experience. And yet I would suggest that all of us in our lives have mountaintop experiences. If I could have slide six, John, please. I want you to reflect for a moment what your mountaintop experiences have been. And I've just put a few things up on the slide just to prompt your thinking. It might be a spiritual experience. It might be a significant milestone in your life, maybe a baptism or a confirmation. Or maybe it's a sense of an overwhelming presence of God in your life. That perhaps it's not one of the traditional milestones like a baptism or a confirmation. Or it might be something that gives you a great sense of wonder and awe. I wonder if you can think back to see whether you've had that kind of mountaintop experience. Maybe your mountaintop experiences have been more emotional. Maybe it's been to do with a birth of a child, birth of a grandchild, a wedding, a special friendship. Something that's given you a great sense of joy and happiness. It might come from something physical. It might be you've completed a marathon and you have that amazing sense of exhilaration. They tell me this, I wouldn't know. My daughter-in-law tells me this. For Norman, um, yesterday, he's um, probably, would he describe it as a mountaintop experience? Um, maybe at the end of it. But he's, he's not a gardener, um, doesn't really like doing that kind of thing. And we've been doing bits and bobs in our garden, tidying it up. And we had a ton of um, 
gravel, but it was more posh than gravel. But we had a tonne of gravel delivered um, on our drive yesterday. And in that very um, hot heat, he moved it to a section of the garden. And at the end of it, you know, he had this great sense of achievement. I'm not sure what he felt at the beginning when he saw the, uh, the mound of gravel. But maybe... And it might be the achievement of, of bringing up well-rounded children who grow up to be responsible adults. Doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a graduation or some kind of academic thing, but just the sense of bringing up children into adulthood. It might be making a difference to one particular child or to one individual. There's one child here, a sixth child in my school at the moment who totally going off the rails in the autumn term. I kind of thought, you know, is this going to be for life? Are we going to get this child back? And to actually see through a number of strategies we put into place, a turnaround in that child's life, for me, was a mountaintop experience. And for that child to be able to talk about how different his life is now, and he never thought it could be because his elder brother had told him he would always be a loser and his behavior just followed that pattern. But you know, he's a different child now and the behavior's gone and he enjoys learning and he has a future. And something like that may be a mountaintop experience for you or perhaps overcoming challenges not necessarily the challenge of climbing Everest. That's a challenge I'd never, ever um, managed to achieve. But for me, recently, leading a school out of special measures was, was a mountaintop experience. Quite a challenge over two and a half um, terms. And it wasn't until the end of a two-day inspection and the end of an hour and a half briefing where the lead inspector read a sentence from the Education Act saying, this school no longer requires special measures. And you know, it's a good feeling. My staff cried. It's a really good feeling. But just pause for a moment and think about your mountaintop experiences. Just pause just for a moment. See, when they happen, they're fleeting. I could have slide seven, John. They stay for a moment like Peter and the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. A bit like with the news of special measures. Great. Next day, it's work as normal. The moment's gone. The excitement of a new grandchild. Fantastic. Then you get your first sleepless night. Mountaintop experiences by their nature are fleeting. And the quote we have here from um, Jake Mayer that you can read up on the screen. Once he'd, once he'd conquered Everest and thought he'd completed his life's ambition, 
he realised it was actually merely a stepping stone towards bigger and more extreme challenges. There will be more mountaintop experiences for you and I. But what do we do after the mountaintop experiences? Like Jesus and the disciples, we come down from the mountain. And sometimes we come down from the mountain and we go into a valley. If I could have slide eight, John. I wonder what this climber feels like in this situation at the bottom of a very deep ravine. Maybe he's thinking he's too exhausted to go on. He can't do it. He's trapped. There's no way out. It's all too much. It's hopeless. Because our lives are punctuated both by those mountaintop experiences and by those valleys. And I wonder what your valley experiences are. And maybe you're in that valley right now. There are many people, many families in Cumbria that feel in that valley right now. Where people, where experiences have had an impact on their lives. And it might be like those people in Cumbria just feeling overwhelmed with grief and shock. Maybe seeing no hope for the future. Maybe feeling very hurt. And whilst their circumstances are very special, many of us would have known what it is to be bereaved. Many of us may have been hurt by someone or a particular situation. Or maybe we've been in a place where we feel we're just worthless. Or maybe we feel lonely. Maybe we feel trapped. And we can be trapped by many things. There are many that are trapped by poverty. And you know, that came home really hard to me over the last week, just before school finished for half term. And as a, a conference, a child protection conference, meeting with a number of agencies and a family trapped in appalling accommodation with two children with no outside space unable to move because they had a debt of £175 isn't that appalling to be trapped for the sake of £175 so many people have valley experiences. I just wonder what your valley experiences have been. Because we've all had them. 
and I suspect there will be more still for us to experience in our lives. Could I have the last slide, John, please? Jesus' life and ministry heralded in the promised kingdom of God. The kingdom of God for Christians is a reality now. And it's not just something to look forward to in the future. As some people uh, say, it's not simply pie in the sky when you die. The kingdom of God is a reality for us now. And when we experience the kingdom of God in all its fullness, our mountain experiences will be but a foretaste of what it will be like when we are with Jesus. And our valley experiences, they will be no more. So as we conclude our thinking on this passage, let's give thanks to God for our mountaintop experiences and the hope he gives us that there will be more of those in our lives. And for the valley experiences, whether that's where we are now, or whether we face that in the time ahead, God is always with us. And I'd just like to read uh, from a verse in the Psalms, very well-known Psalm. Is Psalm 23. And I'm just going to read the first four verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me.